Yes, guys, welcome back to another episode of the original Judo podcast. And this is today's, we've got a very special guest on. He's uh, become a bit of a celebrity. He's done the podcast rounds. Um, it's also the, one of the reasons that I started doing the podcast, catching up with old friends. Someone who used to drag me around the mat. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Mark Brewer, New Zealand's Mark Brewer, or citizen of the world, Mark Brewer, to the podcast. Mark, how you doing? I do feel like a bit of a citizen of the world. I've been been around, you know, well, the podcast and the world. <laughs> you, you've definitely <laughs> nah, been around the podcast circuit. Great I'm, to be here, man. Great oh, to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's great to have you on, and I'm I'm sorry it took me so long. I think literally every other judo podcast, MMA podcast, has had. It's you just going to be so good catching up with you, man. It's been some time, <laughs> eh? Like I've really missed you. Like this is this is not this is not going out on video, but Mark's just reminded me that um, I knocked his tooth out when we were training back in the day, and he's just given me a big smile to show how the full tooth is doing. So we might well, it wasn't that. so much like that. It wasn't like, well, fuck, you still owe me a tooth, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, I banged up the finger yesterday, dislocated in a session, and it, you know, kind of, we're just talking through our injuries, eh? <laughs> just reminded me of that one. Love it. So, <laughs> so good. bit of background, you're a multiple-time national champion in New Zealand. You're an Oceania champion. Um, you spent huge proportion of your career training abroad um japan germany spent some time in my esteemed company in scotland um and then end up competing uh 2014 commonwealth games in glasgow talk us through how did you get started judo like wh why do you end up as a judo player you're from new zealand why are you not an all black why are you not a rugby player yeah, that's a funny question because, like, I guess it was a family affair, but only because my brother had been put into judo just as an anti-bullying campaign. And then I kind of followed him in just, like, just wanted to beat up on him, really. <laughs> oh, is it a big brother trying to catch him up? Yeah, yeah, trying to catch him up, you know. So I stuck at it. He get, gradually gave it up. But at the same time, he's not a really real big competitor. Like, I was the competitive one and – he really stuck to computers and, and went that direction. But yeah, I was playing rugby at the same time, was good cross training, you know, just really gave you a, an edge on the field. And I guess my father saw it that way. You know, you're right, like every second child in New Zealand is left on the side of a mountain to fend for themselves to ensure they have the skill, <laughs> the heart, and the, and yeah, the resiliency to jump on the field and play rugby in New Zealand. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I did play rugby for some time, but I guess I got to this point where it was kind of a crossroads. It was kind of like, like just training. I just had no more time to fit in either one. And I knew dedicating a bit more time to either one would take me that, that bit further. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, judo doesn't really have the pathways in New Zealand, but rugby does, you know? So that would be the obvious choice. Like, why didn't I take that road? But it was kind of like, I actually had an epiphany one day. I, I was on a rugby field and I was running after somebody and I stopped. I was like, what am I doing here? You know, like I, I reflected on my whole life, my values, like, you know, who, what really, how do I identify? Like, 
you know, like what really molded me into the person I was at that time. And I was like, you know what, like judo, like judo has instilled, you know, values in me. And it, like, I really love the culture and the, the family nature of like, you know, judo and the club. And, and that's where I took it. And I actually stopped that day and I put up my hand. I was like, coach, I'm getting off the field. Like I've got to get off. Like I'm, I'm, I walked off the paddock and didn't go back on. But you must have been young to have that kind of revelation. You must have been young. Yeah, to I was have like that 16. I was like 16. But I mean, it was kind of like I had to choose one. It was kind of like I knew that. And I realized it was playing for everybody else. You know, I was kind of playing for my family, you know, because they were rugby mad, you know, like, and yeah, I was playing because my friends and my family really wanted me out there. They thought I was the next All Black, you know what I mean? And that's the reason I was there because, you know, I, I did enjoy it. But, yeah, I saw my pathway, like, you know, myself headed towards, you know, being judoka. That's how I really saw myself and I really wanted to be an Olympic champion. That's when I was like, you know, I want to want to push for Olympic Games and be an Olympic champion. That's it. I love that. Yeah. And how to the, the impression we get over this side of the earth, is that there's not, <laughs> is there's not, and you talk, you've talked about it yourself, is there's not a huge amount of uh, bodies out there, judo bodies out there, um, certainly in perhaps New Zealand, maybe like a lot of Oceania. How do you guys, how did you think you had to go about competing? How did you think you were going to get yourself to that next level? Well, I really needed to throw myself in the deep end. I thought if I'm going to do this, I need to do this now, ASAP. And, you know, really... Like you could just go to the next biggest pond, mm -hmm. right? Like you could go to, I was, I was from a small town called Motueka. Like, you know, not even New Zealanders you ask around here and I'm in Sydney now, <laughs> you know, you talk to a New Zealand, the majority of them, like, you know, maybe from Auckland, North Island, you know, they don't know where it is, you know? So it's very rare to find someone, you know, who knows where the small, and you have to tell them, oh, New York City is Nelson, you know, <laughs> top of the South Island even, <laughs> you know. So it's like that. So I could have gone to Auckland, the next big, biggest pond, or I could have, you know, like reached out to people I know and tried to get somewhere, um, you know, in Europe, like we're the best compete, right? That's where I wanted to be. Uh, I figured, well, you really need to train with the best to be the best. Like, and just the level in New Zealand as a whole, you know, wasn't competitive on a world level. So it's like, well, yeah, I need to get there. So when I was 17, I packed my bags and, I, you know, everybody and says, that, go to that's, that's what, that, no, like, no, no. So Cole, take a step back. That's what I find unbelievable is you're now revealing that you were 17 when you moved to Germany. You'd have been like 18 or something when you moved to uh the uk that's absolutely yeah. insane like what kind of confidence have you got to have it didn't occur to me at the time but i was stepping well into the deep end man oh uh, yeah i just didn't even I, I just wanted to be the best man that's all i wanted to do so i did it i just i reached out and i had some contacts in in germany i got to cologne the olympic training center there and and you know training partners like like Ola bischoff was there at the time and he was like the first one to kind of, you know, after training, he's like, yeah, man, here's my number. You know, anything you need, like, you know, like I just walked in there with a gear over the shoulder, like with a small introduction online from someone I knew. 
And, I, love, uh, I love as well that you just referred to um, Olympic <laughs> champion Ole Bischoff as one of your training partners. Yeah, yeah. Well, before you, there was somebody, right? <laughs> no. And not I mean, the other way around. My training partners, he threw me around. Yeah, I was the, I was the cannon fighter. And actually, like, I was like 17, 18 at the time, but nobody knew. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. really, I didn't, like, that was something... I didn't really talk about because, you know, once they know you're 17 and no German, no European maybe would be on the other side of the world at 17 by themselves. Yeah. And I was like, once they knew you were 17, it's like they treated you differently. So I actually, it wasn't until six months later that they, they were like, you know what, Mark, nobody knows exactly how old you are. You keep staring away from this question. And I'd be like, well, you know, like, yeah, like uh, when someone asked me, I'd be like, oh, how old do you think I look? They'd be like, oh, 25. You know, I'm like that 14-year-old with a beard when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, so I was when like, you're in Scotland, yeah. you look like yeah. a 45-year-old man. You look like a... <laughs> <laughs> um, how old do I look now? You just have <laughs> a bald head. Uh, um, how, how did your family handle that, though? Like, again, moving at such a young age across the other side of the world. I didn't even real. I didn't really call home that often, really. <laughs> I was really bad. I was even. It's this contact thing, right? Like we're both bad. <laughs> we're Definitely. both bad at giving. I'm even. I'm bad at giving contact with everybody, including my family. <laughs> um. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. They were. You know. They're like pursue your dreams. Like. You know. If oh, this is really where you see yourself, then you know. And from a young age, I was kind of like. I was driven to, to just create my way to get there. You know, yeah. like I was, I was planting crops and growing like kiwi fruit and selling to the kiwi fruit growers to replace the plants and like, you know, creating ways of earning money to get myself overseas, get myself to these judo trips. So, you know, they knew the drive I had. They, I, I guess they believed that, you know, I could find my own way. So oh, you know. I love that. So um, that that's the journey yeah. you took for for athletes for Oceania athletes maybe 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 New Zealand yeah. more specifically if do you think those guys those women those men and women do they need to be making a similar step in order to be able to compete um so I think competitive it's funny now because I kind of look back you know when when other athletes uh, like myself from New Zealand, you know, uh, you know, Avica mm -hmm. Pavlinich. Yeah. Well, like he, he was kind of my rival growing up, you know, like, and he was one that did the university first. Like I could have gone and did university in New Zealand and then went away. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, people ask me cause I'm getting through, you know, I'm just finishing my uni now, years later now, you know, long story there, but it's <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I tried to do it. I went overseas and tried to do it by correspondence instead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, while training full time and just, you know, because judo was my number one objective. And I always treated it like that. My, um, yeah, so it's, it's hard to say on hindsight. Like, do they need to? Um, yes, at some stage they need to get over, so overseas and, and train there with the best. And it, it's just easy to, easier to do, I think, if you're living there. Yeah. And constantly there because you, you know, I kind of, I did a backtrack, you know, after I was living in, in Scotland and I went back to Australia a bit closer to my support network. And it is hard when you're overseas, you kind of need that support. 
Um, and I had some family here in Sydney, so I kind of came back here just to be close to that. But yeah, it's hard to say on hindsight, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. And like one of the reasons I ask yeah. is obviously looking across sports in MMA, certainly there's a, mm. uh, I guess at the moment, a bit of a surge of athletes from that side of the world. Yeah. yeah, who, are doing, yeah. who are really successful. <laughs> Um, mm. likes of Rob Whittaker, Adesanya, Taito Avasa, Volkanovski. Mm. Um, does it's judo just not have the depth? Or... Well, it's not that. Like, it's like, it's money. Like, where money goes, success grows. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it's like, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu academies and, and MMA, they are businesses and they're not so much sports right like and and they're developed like those businesses can generate profit to develop a hub and the resources to facilitate this growth within athletes and yeah that's the difference like in judo we don't have that we didn't at the time anyway have that one hub yeah. um we didn't have that hub of um you know support like whereas they do now like in edinburgh they had that in germany they had that in europe those those support networks and and hubs were developed and you had all the resources in one place and that's where you can really generate like yeah you can you can nurture that um and that's what they've done in new zealand like it's particularly you know just one clubs the like single club or you know single place that has been able to develop and nurture this talent through like just having money right but um you know like you said being a sport in new zealand that's kind of isn't one of the top priorities yeah. you know a lot of money goes to rugby and sailing and you know a lot of those uh higher profile yeah. i guess sports um <clears throat> but i like how mma in particular has been able to develop that for themselves like push themselves from a, like a lower kind of media bracket to a higher media bracket just by creating that success through through having that hub and and producing those kind of athletes so you know like what comes first chicken on the egg yeah definitely. Like, definitely it's like yeah i think money you need to generate that money and and generate self-sufficient clubs and uh, it happens from the the groundwork up right like we've actually yeah, we're gonna do that somehow. So, so coming coming back to your journey, I want to say by the way that I was so excited last night when you said, "Yeah, I'll do this. I'll go and get a studio, um, soundproof studio, great place to record." And <laughs> instead, you've come to an aircraft hangar filled with echoes. Filled with. <laughs> Is it, did you hear that echo now? I can now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he said. He said at the start. Uh, you I was whispering then. I've got a really well. I've got a really loud voice, man. Yeah, we could stop and start. I could go. <coughs> no, don't, 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 don't be daft. Don't be daft. Um, so yeah, you get to the other side of the world. Um, you're thrown in the deep ends. Like, first of all, how do you survive? Like, did you? Are you? Are you oh. able to throw yourself into training a hundred percent? Um what or are you have do you have the yeah well it was, it was a bit of a fight it was a bit of a fight like you know like 
yeah, you're way out of your depth. You get beaten up every day and then you go home, you know, like it's actually, I didn't speak German when I got there. I learned it on the plane in the book. Like in the dictionary. I got a like German dictionary. Amazing. Hanging out with my dictionary on the plane. Uh, but yeah. Um, it's a long flight though, right? So you've probably got this, yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> it's a very long flight. You underestimate how much you can learn on a flight from <laughs> New Zealand to Germany. <laughs> But no, nah, I didn't learn a lot at all. <laughs> I lost focus. Of course. Yeah, so under what, an hour in. When, when you're over there, what's it like being on the mat with those guys? What's it like being on the mat with a big Oh, fan? man, it was tough. Like, you know, like, yeah, you don't want the, throw, you don't want the foreigner throwing you around at all. Like, right. So, um, yeah, like I, I was way underprepared. Like I hadn't been to the, I hadn't trained in, in, like the depth of like there was all this growth of talent within this one place this is an olympic training facility so you know there's so much good judo there and yeah you're getting thrown but it's like fall down seven times get up eight you just have to be more resilient right and eventually you, you get you get better it's just like you know through osmosis or something <laughs> but you know you just you do, you get better in those kind of environments and you get more resilient and you get tough. And they say, you know, like you go to Europe to learn how to fight. You go to Japan to learn all the technique. Yeah, so I did actually go to Japan before I came here. So, cause everyone was, it's always like, oh, you should go to Japan. Oh, you should go to Japan. You have to go to Japan. Like Japan's where the center of judo is. But, you know, I, I kind of looked at my genetics and my physical attributes and i thought well i think europe may be more suited to me my personality you know and also it's going to be easier for me to make money and and kind of do some job that i can facilitate a means to train full time and yeah so that's where i you know, really wanted to go i wanted to be in europe so um, how, how do you make money you must have had some pretty interesting jobs of, you know, and you live off absolutely no food. Like, honestly, I, my nutrition was, I can't even say what I was eating. Like, I just, <laughs> like what, but what, no, what? there were so many athletes that helped me out, like helped me get a space to live. And you know, that's what's so good about judo. It's just, it really is one big family. Like I came from New Zealand, I was young and like, they didn't even know me, but they were just like, you know, come have a beer. Like, you know, here's the, here's the keys to the cafeteria, like going like, you know, like a, a pass. It was in a university. So they had a cafeteria and like all this. So like, you know, and, and, you know, judoka there, like helped me find like a place to live. And like, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know where it would be today if it wasn't for them, oh, you I know, How, I, I don't, yeah. How do you How'd you end up in Scotland from there? Uh, well, I actually went to find a university because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do university. I wanted to like do it while being able to facilitate a full-time judo program. So, you know, I actually trekked to Bath. Yeah, I went yeah, to yeah, Bath yeah. University, you know, have a look at their judo program. Also, you know, what, what kind of subjects I could, they were like, uh, yeah, I actually lost my bags on the way there. So all my stuff was stolen on the train. Oh no. But, yeah yeah so and then you know i just it was a lot of money because i couldn't get like any kind of 
you know, I couldn't facilitate judo and then I couldn't pay uni at the same time. And I didn't want to get sidetracked. And like, so I ended up doing it by correspondence. Okay. Um, actually through Massey University in New Zealand. Um, then when I got to, yeah, I got, I got to Scotland because, yeah, I just heard about the reputation. I went there for a couple of weeks training and I just really enjoyed it. Like just the, the culture there, um, the training facilities and, and everything they had there and the coaches like Billy Cusack, just, yeah, an unbel- unbelievable coach. And yeah, so... By day, uh, by by day, you were physically assaulting me. By <laughs> night, by night, true, man. <laughs> by night, what were you doing? How were you making look a living? You too. must have, that's you all you have to look at. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had some pretty interesting jobs during that time as well. Yeah, I worked. I worked security. That's not um, what I'm asking. Yeah. Not that one. Uh, like I did some great, I had some great <laughs> jobs. I had some awesome jobs. Yeah. Uh, I not, had some awesome jobs. Nothing you want to go into for the people listening. Nothing you want to share. With well, the I may have, I may have taken my clothes off. Um, like at a few hens nights. Like, oh, I love the, finally, finally the confession, the confession. of nah, like, It's not a confession. It's just like, <laughs> this is on if. This is on a lot of guys' bucket lists, you know, have the confidence to, you know, it was a means to facilitate a full-time training program at the time. I, and it, you I started something though. back on it, like, man, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm fairly sure you started something because I'm, I think like two or three guys got into. Yeah, um, yeah. I started a business called Athletes. Well, like soon after I, I got these guys in. Yeah. Um, and uh there were yeah, two or three like who ended started, up stripping or being butlers they, yeah they butlers. started a, a business called athletes with abs oh, amazing and yeah like it was just like butlers in the butt like so you could hire these guys they come to your but i've got like ripped shredded you know and they just serve alcohol they serve drinks or whatever like they just and, and, that, butlers, yeah. and that's the interview over. That's all I wanted to get was that confession. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But yeah, as, as, you know, young days. Well, of course. How it came to this was actually like this, right? Like I actually called home and I was like, to one of my mates, I was like, look, man, you know, I can't do this anymore. I have no money. Like I can't, I can't live. You know, like there's no way I have to turn back, you know, and there's, I didn't see any way of being Olympic champion from New Zealand or like, you know, from, so I was like, that was the end for me. And I was like at the cliff and I was like, going to go home. It's going to turn back. I was going to go home. No. And, uh, you know, and he's like, you know, there's other options, man. <laughs> you young, fit, you know, strong. Like, you could just yeah man you know what you could do amazing so i rang around yeah oh, i love and that. i made it happen you during your your career or certainly like while you're traveling abroad um yeah and i think i know since you left the uk yeah you've been plagued with injuries as well um well, and it's judo it's a contact sport we we all everyone gets yeah, injured yeah um but i know yeah um but i do remember in the run into london 
you spent a significant amount of time off the mat. I think in the running yeah. to ACL. Yeah. I'd done my ACL before London. Yeah. Uh, mm. Glasgow and Rio, I think similarly you had, um, again, Glasgow, I had a wrist reconstruction three months before. And like, I went in there with a groin, like needing a groin reconstruction. I had a torn adductor, had a torn conjoint tendon. Um, so I needed a groin reconstruction. They didn't like physios misdiagnosed mis me. So afterwards it's only like, yeah, they were like, look, we need to get a groin reconstruction. <laughs> so, so yeah, how, I got that after how the game. Was it how is it coping with like those long-term injuries when you are abroad? Like, uh, again, I know at some point during that London cycle, you move back to, to well, certainly to Sydney, back to Oceania. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it was just, you know, I didn't get that until I moved back to Sydney and that's where I guess there was more pressure on, on me to, you know, I needed more money, mm-hmm. you know, like I needed to, like work a lot more and I needed to like, yeah, just facilitate like training and, and more. There weren't resources. So you have to pay for physios where I was yeah. like in Edinburgh in, in Scotland and and in Germany, I was, you know, I was privy to like the team's resources and they really treated me like one of their own. And that's why I say like Judah's such a big family and so many teams and people took me in over there and really helped me survive. Like, you know, that's how I survived. And it was like, when I got back to Sydney, I didn't have the same resources. I couldn't facilitate, you know, the resources I needed, even though I was still pushing through trying to create like, bring the training partners together to facilitate like the full-time training program much like I had. Right. So it was just like that. Like I didn't get the recovery. I was doing early mornings working and then late nights, you know, judo and it just came to an end. Like I wasn't getting the right nutrition because I just couldn't afford it. You know, I was just, and, and that's where the injuries kind of start piling up and, when you when you kind of saving to get to Europe because you know you need to get back there and you need to be on the world circuit, so you jump back in and you get a small niggle that kind of continues. You don't have enough money just to fly back home at any time, so you're like, I'll push through, and then you don't have the money to get the resources you need anyway. So it's just one kind of vicious cycle, yeah, man. And like, yeah, I did my ACL leading up to. Uh, London and then Rio, like I did my MCL. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it's just that like, and I think those resources are key for athletes and those were my hurdles. I just didn't have the resources there to facilitate my health. And my mentality was like backwards. It was kind of like, you know, I just thought I was that one in a million. I just thought I could push through everything. Yeah. Yeah. everyone has that belief don't they like everyone has 100 if you don't have it but it's like having that mentality and also having the resources and and just having people available to fix those things up when necessary as soon as possible like man that's what makes the world champion right those yeah yeah okay um in between uh london and rio there's obviously a, a Commonwealth Games back in Glasgow. Now we've got another yeah. Commonwealth Games where judo's a feature this year in Birmingham. 
Um, what's your route to Glasgow? Because that was the games that you did compete in. Um, what? Yeah. How'd you get? How'd you end up back in Glasgow fighting? Hey, it was like fighting at home, being back in Scotland. You know, it was like a second home. It was brilliant. Uh, but like, just early, like I got back on the, like I was on the world circuit at the start of the year. Um, and I went to, you know, did the Paris Grand Slam. I did the Dusseldorf Grand Prix. Um, I did the European Cup in Prague. Um, and a lot, like it was in Belgium in a training camp that I picked up like a wrist injury before Paris. And I pushed on through. Like, and I, I snapped my radiola ligament and my wrist just kept popping out. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't have any power or strength in that, the wrist. It was like my sleeve hand. Um, I actually got it caught in someone's gi as I was going to throw them. And I was like, oh, stop, stop. You know, like I didn't say stop. I just kind of went out of the throw and uh, they counted me and just came back down on top and just my wrist just, you know, the ligament just popped. And like the physio was like, yeah, just, just ice it, rest it up. You know, we're like I went to someone else's physio and they're just like, and I was so adamant. Oh, but I can fight, you know, I, I can fight. Right. Like, and they're like, yep. sure. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, just put some ice on it. <laughs> You'll be fine. So ice, I just, ice yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 So um, were you carrying yeah. that injury into Glasgow? So I had to have wrist. So I had to have a wrist reconstruction, but I like, so I went through all these comps of like, oh, what I had. And all the training camps, Dusseldorf, you know, like yeah. Paris, like, and then I eventually, because at the end of my trip, I spent two weeks in a tra German training facility and the, the, the Olympic doctor, like, you know, they booked me into the, like, I just, it was just popping out every fight it'd pop out. Like I'd be clicking it back in like just wiggling it back in and like they were like oh i just will we'll book you into the see the doctor and the doctor was like you know like this is what he said he's like stop being a pussy <laughs> don't be a pussy like like there's not the terminology of use but you know that's what he said he's like that's the that's like, professional that was his diagnosis <laughs> that was the diagnosis he as he just wiggled my hand and popped it back in it's fine don't worry about it. Just, you know, just, and I'm like, what about tape? He's like, don't worry about tape. And I come out, I come out of training, like maybe the next day or the day, I don't know, like a couple of days after come out of training, I've got tape on my wrist. And he just looks at me. He's like, well, he's having a smoke. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> why you got tape on it? I told you, you don't need it. Like, I'm like, yeah, I do. Like it pops out. I've got, I can't, <laughs> it pops out. But anyway, a week later, I get back to New Zealand. I mean, I get back to Australia, I get back to Sydney and uh, yeah, the physios are like, just wiggle my hand. They're like, yeah, we need to get a wrist reco. <laughs> so I got a wrist reconstruction. That was three months before. Yeah. And then maybe a, yeah, a couple of months, a month before um, the Olympic, the uh, Commonwealth Games, I jump back on the circuit. So I go into Europe just to get, you know, reconditioned, go back into um, training camp in Slovenia, I think it was um yeah did a comp in germany maybe berlin um yeah and then did the training camp afterwards yeah like and then like at one one fight to the end of that training camp this is the last fight i was like coach should i stop now he's like oh just give it one more i get 
I get like someone attempts to throw me and I like spit out of it. I land on my side and he comes down on my side and like my sternum pops. Yeah, I, I pop my sternum like the worst. That's it, it I couldn't turn. I couldn't grip anything. But like, yeah, yeah. Like my my wrists were that, like. That's about four up. weeks. Like, that's about four weeks before the games. That was a week before the games. I popped it. Yeah. So I was training in Europe like for that month leading okay, up. Okay. Yeah, and one my last randori. I got I, well that yeah. that that was basically the end of my career. The last uh last randori of the last training session of a camp before yeah. the Commie Games. Oh but um that was yeah, ACL wow. massive ACL surgery. Um, oh yeah. But, so how what goes into the decision then to, to fight in Glasgow for you? Not what do you mean? I had no options booked in, man. <laughs> they had me a cabin in the Commonwealth Game Village, like I'm locked in. Amazing. I'm going to fight. I'm not telling you, you know, like they actually gave me a cortisone under my, under my sternum. Like the doctors. Yeah. Gave me a cortisone. I'm like, it is all the physios are crowding around and watching the doc, like doc, like inject me. Cause I've never seen it before. Like, was it, is it like that? Yeah, it's been on, oh, what is it, on Face Off, where he has to eject himself in the heart with the adrenaline. I'm imagining something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's me, man, before I go come off games. So um, how, looking yeah. back on that performance then, uh, I'm sure so, you were disappointed with the result, but looking back on that performance. Uh, like, I mentally, mentally, I was there to win. But like my wrists and like, I think my sternum popped because like it was just so tight around here around my chest and shoulders because i've been like trying to grip for months and like my wrists didn't like after surgery and everything like weren't so great like they're just so stiff and like um <laughs> tight and you know just jammed up yeah my shoulders and i like pops my like land on myself pop my sternum and at the same time like i said earlier like i needed groin reconstruction i've got a torn head after torn conjoint tendon so yeah it wasn't good but you know it's it's kind of like ah oh. another way then are you pleased you are you pleased that you competed are you oh glad man you had the opportunity to compete in front yeah of the in my like head that? i was like 100 percent. i was like man ah, i was ready to win but my body was not like yeah when i got out there i couldn't yeah, like near was it where it was where I was fighting a lot of my fights because I couldn't like standing up, I couldn't grip and turn and lift people. <laughs> but yeah, I still thought I had it to win, even though those were my, you know, barriers. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, man, I wouldn't change my journey, man. It's just is what it is, and you know, going back and looking back to where I made those decisions to pursue that that avenue in my life, like you know, pursue. I knew that I was coming from underdog, you know, being from New Zealand, I knew I wouldn't have those resources and I went anyway, knowing that, knowing it would be a roller coaster, knowing, you know, you get me miss, whatever. I just, I didn't actually, I didn't, didn't think I would miss. I just was adamant. Like I would be, you know, like there, like I would be champion, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's what it is, you know? Yeah. What what's it like representing uh, New Zealand like at that level? Yeah, man. Like I think representing your country 
is something everybody strives for, right? Everybody knows when you, you know, you put on that, that like, you know, you're representing your country and it's just something in that, that tr- tr- like trumps everything, you know, you're representing and, and that's your identity and you're, you know, it's, yeah, it's good, man. Like it was good to be out there and, like I said, I was ready to put everything on the line. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, like, it's awesome. Did, like, you, I just, did you even consider a comeback for this last Olympic cycle or this Commonwealth uh, cycle? Oh, I, I did. Like, I am in great shape. My body's in great shape. Like, If he says so himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, stronger than I ever was. Maybe because I'm actually... <laughs> able to rest you know get the rest you know like train still train like like i said like earlier before we were chatting and i was like well i'm just staying hard to kill you know like i just you know i'm still in the pursuit of being better on the mats it's just like my goals are different now it's like i'm geared towards being the best in another area and that to me is the pursuit like of being a strength and conditioning coach and now I've kind of turned my focus into providing and creating those resources for athletes. Yeah. And how, how only did, because of the barriers, right. That I had and the challenges I had, you know, how did you know it was time? How did you know it was time to like walk away and have that kind of career shift? Oh, well, like, you know, I obviously missed out on 2016 cause I did my media, like I was in Tunisia Mm-hmm. in the um, qualification competitions and I uh, went to throw someone with Taitoshi and uh, yeah, like I dropped a bit lower and like my medial just gave way oh. um, and then I was off. But I always had that line in the sand. I always had like 2016, that's it, yeah. right? Like you, thing is you put your life on hold. People don't realize it's like, you know, everyone, when I was younger, they were like, man, you got this opportunity, you're young, you're strong, like go for it, man, you can do this. And, you know, take the opportunity now because it may not be there in the future, you know, <laughs> like, so I took that opportunity, but eventually, you know, you dedicate, I'm someone that just dedicates everything to someone, my whole life, me, you know, like, yeah. I just, yeah, like I just find meaning in just pushing myself 100% at whatever I do. And I just can't go back and forward. Like my brain just doesn't work like that, you know? So, and I had to draw the line in the sand and go, okay, I've got to make a career. Like I've got to make a career out of myself. You know, I've got to create an income. I've got to have, you know, I want to have a family. I want to have, you know, like all those things. And you don't, you don't necessarily have time for those things yeah. when you are traveling the world and putting everything into, you know, cause that is everything, every cent you have. And it's like, you have no money to bank away for a house so like you have no money you know if you don't have those resources obviously you know someone an athlete that is privy to those you know yeah it's it's yeah it's a lot it's a lot easier but um yeah i drew the line in the sand just because you know i had to focus 100 on now creating a career and, and building myself to be the best in the world at that no, I, 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 to- I totally agree. Like, I, I, often, know, I know you know what it's like. I, yeah. I, I often think like there's a, a misconception that you mm. can't physically continue doing sport like 
past 30 oh. or into your late 30s. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think you start to get more pressure to, um, yeah, start to plan the rest of your life, conform socially yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Like, and, and you, like you say, you do realize you, you're five years, six years, eight years, 10 years behind your mates who've had careers. Yeah, you are like you're 10 years and behind. You start to get a bit, a bit aware of that. And then yeah. the other people around you, all of a sudden. And I hadn't completed be... uni yet. Like yeah, I hadn't yeah. like, you know, not that you need to do uni and anything, but like, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Like, yeah. Before, before we move on to where you are now, um, looking ahead to the Commonwealth Games, um, I'm going to use you as my man with the insight into uh, who we can watch out for from New Zealand, from Australia, from some of the smaller nations in Oceania. Who who can we expect to see? Who's going to be the people causing uh, a little bit of excitement at Burma? Oh well, like I hope you know. I hope I'm more in touch with Australian team, and like I guess a lot of athletes from Australia now because I've been living here for so long. But I mean. You know, talking back, those people that have kept going, kept pursuing. Um, in New Zealand, you got uh, Jason Costa and Maura de Villiers. Like they Jason's still going? Yeah, yeah, they're still going. They'll be at this Commonwealth game. Both oh, of them amazing. will be competing. So I really hope they do well. I really hope they do well. Yeah, and that's like, it's tribute to like, you know, you can still be competing in that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Maura's, yeah, about my age, right? Um, so I know Austin Moira's a little bit younger, but yeah, Jason, yeah, it must be yeah. 40 Must be about 40 something, yeah. yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. Um, um, from Australia, Josh and Nathan Katz. I, you have to be, you have to be eyes on them. Um, yeah. Uh, Katarina Hecker as well from Australia. Um, and now... You know, like we've talked about all these resources, but like at the start of this year, end of last year, they kind of put this uh, national training center together in Australia, um, you know, and, and everybody's now in Australia training in the one national center. And I think that's been good for Australian judo and really they've got all these, they've got, you know, New South Wales uh, where is where I am, like Sydney in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. They have the training center and every state has their own training center and they feed into the national training center and much, you know, I guess it's similar to, to that. They have in, um, you know, Britain, right? Like, yeah. So now they have that and they have the resources all in the one place. I think it's awesome yeah. for the athletes. It's so good. You know, you have all the talent in that one country in the same place. But it's like, you know, when I was younger, it's like, even if you went to Auckland, you still, the Auckland clubs are separate. There's no like one center. There's no one place that, yeah. that everybody trains at. And I think that <laughs> facilitates, you know, like development because you have like a professional training program and, and also the, the strength and conditioning resources, the, you know, psychology resources, um, you know, all of these aspects of performance. Yeah. And, you know, you get that, you get access to that. And I think it's huge, huge for athletes. Um, and now they have that. I think, man, the future of Australian judo is just going to skyrocket, Amazing. you know, like it's going to take off. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that. Like, yeah. Um, but those are the ones I think you should watch out for. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and how about yourself? Where are you at now? What are you doing right now? You've talked about finishing a degree. Um 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just just finishing up a degree. I'm doing an internship at the same time, just with Australian rugby. I've just been lucky enough to get a position in there, like Amazing. as an intern, and yeah, just just really enjoying now with the 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 female sevens team, oh, who's who won the the um the world championships, and they'll be at the Commonwealth Games. So yeah, I'm just just. Uh, yeah, doing a bit with them and yeah, running Fighters Performance, which is my business. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm kind of facilitating the resources for combat athletes. That's what I do. So just yeah, with the with the uni, I just finished up exams. So I've been so, so, so busy lately. Eh? It's just been unbelievable. So you can't call me in a good time. I was like, I'm just finishing up with exams and then yeah. I love that. No, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Did he, are you have you passed? Have the, have the exams gone well? Oh yeah, like a man. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I've passed. Hey, yeah, good job. I've got like marks for all my assignments. I got like you know 93 on one, 100 percent on another. Like oh, yeah, amazing. I'm pretty. Yeah, I like when I do something, I do it to 100. Like I do it. <laughs> like I. Yeah, no I don't. Hold, oh, but yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, Fantastic. so you know. But I think you like you know coming at uni from an older age, you also know like what you want out of it. You know yeah, you're there yeah. digging into the material that you want, and like for me, it's like who gets to go to university, and you know I know that I want every ounce of, of knowledge based like everything that relates to combat and combat athletes and training. You know, so I'm kind of looking at every assignment with a reason with a with a why and it's like you know like you know what material and and what what research you want to read you know yeah you it's just so good yeah. it's actually refreshing just to look at material like that and go yeah that's cool so yeah i'm 100 percent behind that and kind of lucky you know like i can't i i can't certainly can't change anything i've you know done through my career but it kind of is good to go through uni and, and you know finally complete it because i did some by correspondence like 12 years ago and then i think credits are like not like yeah 10 years ago like even but it's like credits are obsolete and i couldn't even oh, really? yeah i had to start the whole thing again and that's how committed i was that's a blow <laughs> that is a blow yeah but you know going on a journey you know like you know these are just hurdles like yeah, so I just, yeah, that's what I did. Well, when I got to my, part of the reason I came back to Australia was actually to finish my uni off at a real university because, you know, like I, I'm a physical type person, right? I need to be, like, I want to be learning from somebody, you know? You yeah. need to be interactive. And I reckon you're like, you'd be the same, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like. If it's right just, there in front of me. I'm there's just, something I'm different about someone yeah, telling yeah, you yeah. something. Yeah. And, you know, just doing it online, watching a video. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, especially when, you know, younger, you don't really have the same reason behind everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nowadays, all these other you know, distractions now, as well. All these other Yeah, distractions. yeah. And then now I have that reason to watch that video, you know, like, yeah. you know, be absolute till the, to the T with everything. But um, yeah, so I came to Australia to finish that. And like, yeah, 12 years later, 10 years later, whatever, here I am <laughs> starting again. And getting it done you know so nah it's just it's kind of good to get past that but 
yeah, see how much more study I have in me. But I would like to do some research. Like I would like to contribute to the research and combat, you know, like, yeah, so judo in particular, you know, that would be awesome. So uh, see, see what happens. But also it's like I'm 10 years too late. So it's like I have to have that pressure to get on with my life as well, you know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I won't settle for second best. I'm going to be the best. So we'll see. No, I yeah, love man. that. Um, gonna <laughs> gonna wrap up with a couple of well, literally a couple of questions. What was your what ended up being your favorite place to train? You've you've trained all over the world. What was your favorite place to train? I have to say Edinburgh. I have to say Scotland, man. Of course, of course, I do. I'm glad. It, <laughs> I'm glad you're playing the game because that's the right answer. There was only going to be right, <laughs> right answer, <laughs> but that is the right answer. <laughs> And how about compete? What was your... It was good. Like, Edinburgh was good. It was all... Like, honestly, this, this... Yeah. Like, first of all, the training partners. Like, man, being able to train with people like yourself. <laughs> you can come back. Yeah, you so can definitely man. come back on this show. Yeah. You can definitely come back. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, what was your favorite place to compete? Whoa. Or what was Man. your favorite competition? Looking back, what was the competition you look back on and go, actually, that was an experience. Might you know not what? the result, but that was an experience. Um, it's a bit like Paris is always good to compete in. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed, yeah, I, I really enjoyed competing in Paris. Like it, like it was just so, oh, it's huge. Like the stadium's packed from early morning. Yeah. You know, like it's, they love judo. They love judo. It's funny that like, um, yeah, like competing in, in Japan was an experience. Although yeah. I kind of got shafted because, you know, when you're fighting Japan in the first round, you they don't really help you organize anything for you. You're just on your own. And I was really on my own because I didn't have coaches. Uh -huh. So, like, you know, your opponent's walking out and then like, like you're like, uh like five minutes later you're like am i i'm supposed to be out there why haven't you like you're standing right next to the visitors looking for all the competitors and like no 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 you know so you walk out there yourself i was just like walking out yeah but uh, it's like yeah you know that's an awesome place to be it's just like you know again everyone loves judo yeah, but yeah definitely. just fighting japan is a bit of a battle even with not not even being on the mat but um Fighting in, in Glasgow was awesome. Like, Scotland was awesome. Like, they had a really good comp. Another really good comp. I think it was the Scottish Open. Um, yeah. And I fought Tom in the final, actually. Tom Reed. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was I like, I felt great. I didn't necessarily win. I didn't win this. Like, it isn't, you know, like, but I, I just had a great day, you know. Like, I really enjoyed, like, Epons were like in the first minute all the way through. Yeah, it was just like really like I had a sweet day. Yeah, that's what quite memorable. That, that that kind of goes into my next question. Like, is that your best performance? What what's been your best performance or best contest? You look back on it and you go, actually, yeah, that was that was Mark Brewer at his best. Yeah, I've won through a few Oceanias, but I just I yeah, like that was probably like in, in that day, like I just, you know, when you're feeling your best and you have, you know, five, six fights or whatever and you get to a final, you know, um, yeah, it was just like, 
yeah, next, next, next. Like it was just a sweet day. I really enjoyed it. I was in flow state, you know, I was just rolling. Yeah. And that just mentally, it was just really cool. Really good. Felt great. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, well, second to last question. um, I heard on one of the other podcasts that you did that you didn't enjoy the weather in Scotland. Is that true? Mate, have you been to Sydney? <laughs> it's pretty good here, man. People, people complain when it's like, hey, it's like, I don't know. I think it's like 12 degrees or, you know, 14. And people complain. It's cold. I think, but I think they haven't des- been. I think you describe Scotland as it's cloudy and grey all the time and it rains every day. And I mean that's a hundred percent true. That is a hundred percent true. There's a hundred percent true. Was I not fairly accurate? Oh, it doesn't it, it doesn't um it isn't grey so much when it's snowing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, Turns out when it's snowing, maybe. <laughs> My last one is how can people follow you? How can people find out what is happening next? Keep up to date with what you've got going on. Where can they find you? Oh man, social media is where it's at, but not so much for me right now. Like I'm not out there pumping out content um, because I've currently got a few things on my list of things to do, but I will be. And that's where the, the resources will be pushed. That's where... I am going to be very soon. So yeah, if you want to keep up to date on what I'm doing, yeah, get on to fighters performance, fighters underscore performance on Instagram or, you know, any platform, you know, Facebook, if it's still alive. Um, <laughs> Mate, that has been yeah. amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. That's been brilliant. Awesome, man. It's been great. It's been great talking to you about my story which you know a lot about already but you know hopefully i gave you a little bit of insight into some of those things hopefully you got some questions answered you've been wanting to ask me for years in public well i got we got some answers i've got the confession that i came here to get and um it's been it's been an absolute pleasure um (laughs) guys if you have enjoyed it like subscribe all that nonsense blah 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 i will catch you soon catch you later